Thanks for listening to the Velocity Church podcast. We hope that this message encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Now here's the message. You're glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Y'all came pumped up ready for the word here today, right? I'm excited. I am looking forward to it. I want to welcome all of you here today. Uh, If I've never met you, my name is Bubba Morgan. That's not my real name, okay? Let me just start by saying that. My parents do love me. So my name is actually Arthur III. There's just a lot of us around here. I grew up, you know, all through school, all through high school, all through, uh, you know, just my, my younger years. Going by Bubba. As a matter of fact, if anybody called me Arthur in this town, they'd look at me like, what? Hold on a second. You're, you're Bubba, right? So, but I'd, I'd love to get to meet you after service. And I, I'm looking forward here today to what we've got, uh, what God has in store here this morning as we continue in our series in the book of James. How many of you have been here as we've gone through and started this study series in the book, book of James? Have you enjoyed as we've studied through God's word together? I, I love this book of the Bible. We talked about this in week one. James is uh, often referred to as the Proverbs of the New Testament. There's so much practicality and wisdom as we study and as we read uh, the book of James. And so uh, just a quick recap and what we've done week one, we talked about where does your joy come from when you're going through a trial or through a troubling season. James says you can count it all joy when you face trials of various kinds. We talked about how that's not typically the magnet on the refrigerator. And every, count it all joy when you face various trials. Not many people have that coffee cup they're breaking out of the cabinet, right? Uh, but we, we talked about week one, how you can have joy no matter your circumstances, no matter the trials you're going through. And James tells us that. In week two, we talked about the mirror of the word. Last week, we talked about genuine religion and the impact that that has, genuine, pure religion. This week, we're going to be in James chapter 3, and uh, we're going to be talking today about what it looks like to tame the tongue. Taming a wild tongue. Now, let me just tell you from the forefront, from the get-go here this morning, uh, this message, just in and of itself, might be at some moments, at some points, a little convicting for us here today. And let me tell you why. Because each and every one of us can relate to this. When it comes to our words, when it comes to the things that we're saying, what we're communicating, what we're speaking in our life, the Bible has something to say about that. God's Word has something to say about that here this morning. And so, at times, you're going to feel like, oh my goodness, you're going to, you're going to you know, be reminded maybe of some things that you've said that you're not proud of, that you're like, I shouldn't have said that, shouldn't have probably said that. Or maybe uh, you'll be reminded of some things that maybe somebody has said to you before and, and you, 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 you know, some words that were spoken to you harshly, maybe you know, some old friendships, maybe some, some situations that you've dealt with in the past. Uh, that were challenging, and it, and it came through people's words and speaking. And so today, as we, as we read this, all of us have something to learn from this. If I were putting a subtitle on this message today, it would be Bucking Broncos, Sinking Ships, and Wildfires. All right, where are we going with this? 
Let's put our seatbelts on. Let's get ready to dig into God's Word. James chapter 3. And before we go there, let's pray one more time. Just ask the Lord to be with us. So, Father God, we thank you for your Word. Thank you for meeting us week in and week out. Lord, we, we are so grateful that we have the opportunity to gather here together in your presence, Father, week in and week out and worship you freely. We're so grateful for that, God. I pray that as we study your word here today, Lord, that our eyes would be open to see, Lord, our ears would be open to hear, and our hearts would be open to receive your word here today. We love you, we praise you, we honor you. We're expectant for this morning. It's in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said... Amen, amen. Well, I was actually telling this story a little bit earlier this morning. Uh, I was talking to Miss Allie in here about my, my, whole, my whole childhood, I can remember looking back as a young kid, growing up in church. I grew up in church. How many of you know what a PK is? Yeah, yeah PK, pastor's kid, right? That, that's me, right? I grew up a pastor's kid. I have so many great memories, at, you know, young, early age, my dad going and speaking, teaching, leading classes, things like that, uh, messages, all of these sorts of things, leading church. And I also have memories of my mom. She'd go around and she would uh, travel to different churches and she, she would sing songs. My mom is an incredible singer and, and just has such a blessing on her life in that. And, uh, and I would go around. I remember we would go from place to place, place, at an early age, young, young kid, and I would watch uh, I, would, I would really watch the musicians, and it really just struck me. When I was up there, I'd be watching my mom. She's just belting it out. I'm like, whoa, that's my mom, right? I'm all, I'm all proud, you know? I'm like, cool, yeah, that's my mom. And I, I remember, uh, you know, watching all that, I was like, I want to be in a band. How many of y'all been in a band before? You don't tell on yourself, because you're going to be up on this one here pretty soon. <laughs> we're going to bring you up here. You're like, oh, yeah, I can play, I can play. Well, we're going to find out, right? Uh, so, so I wanted to play the drums. All right. It's like, I just, I love the drums. I remember watching, uh, this drummer play. The first time I ever played drums was at a church. Uh, the drummer graciously said, he saw me looking at him. He's like, do you want to try him out? And I said, yes, yes, sir. I do. Yes, I do. And I got up there and I started playing the drums and I just, I loved it. I wanted to play the drums. And you fast forward years later, I got the opportunity to play drums in church, uh, worship team. I was about 14 years old. How many of y'all, this is going to take you back a little bit. How many of y'all remember the song, Friend of God? Oh, yeah. I am a friend of God. Yeah, yeah. Y'all remember? And that was the first song I ever played. I played it on the drums. I remember sitting there and I was like, oh my goodness, like I'm actually playing, playing the drums at church. I was on an electric drum kit. It was so awesome, right? I'm just sitting there. I am handling those pads, right? I mean, we're just getting after it. And, and I never thought I would ever sing, ever. Never thought I'd play the piano, none of those things. And, uh, and, and then I ended up learning the piano. I started teaching little things like that, learning, listening to the people that were playing in church, guitar, all those things. And I just had a heart for it. I just like, you know, really, really wanted to do it, but I didn't want to sing. Okay, now listen, let me just tell you right now. I didn't. I didn't want to. I mean, how many younger people in here today? I see we got some younger people in here today. If your mother told you, I really think you can sing, would you sing? Would you? You would say, no. <laughs> right? Some of y'all, you're laughing. You know it's true, right? Would you, would you consider it in no realm? In no world would I consider it. I never wanted to. It was just this like, ah, I don't know if I can do it. This shyness. True story. I, and I don't even know if my mother remembers this. I literally said, Mom, I, I will sing for a $20 bill. 
No joke. I said, with you. Now, some of you are like, oh my gosh. And I did it. She said, okay. And I did it. That's how it started. Isn't that an extravagant story? That's how I started singing in churches. Isn't that hilarious? It's a funny story. I, I literally had forgotten about that till not long ago. And so I did, and even then I was like, I don't want to, uh, okay. And then I started doing it, and I just grew a passion for it, and that's what I wanted to do. I never thought I would ever teach, never thought I'd ever preach. I loved watching my dad teach. I loved watching him preach in church, but I never thought that I would ever get up there and, and you know, really have anything to say. And I remember the Sunday when I was appointed an elder in this church. And I remember it primarily for a couple of reasons. Number one, I was, very, I was very happy. I was filled with joy. I was very honored to be able to be a part of what God is doing here at this church. And that's one of the reasons. The second reasons I can remember it to this day is because I felt this incredible weight. The day that I stepped up here and I was appointed elder in this church, I felt this this just weight of responsibility and, and an accountability. And I remember telling that to my dad and my mom, and, and they were like, that's good. You should. You should. Because God takes very seriously what we say. And that's where we open up in James chapter 3, verse 1. James opens up with this idea. He's talking about teachers and this is, this is what he says. He says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. There's actually a greater strictness of judgment on those who teach. And the question is why? It's because there's, there's an accountability that God cares deeply about our words and what we're communicating and what we're speaking. So, so when I come up here on Sundays, and our leadership talks about this, when we come up here on Sundays, um, it's, it's, it's not that it's like, oh, I'm timid to speak God's word. It's not like I'm in fear to speak or anything like that. It's just a healthy accountability and a weight of the words I'm speaking. God, let it be Holy Spirit imparted wisdom. Let it be your words, God, that you want to speak to your church. Because God cares deeply about what we're speaking and what we're saying. Now, not everyone in here is, is a teacher of the word, but let's just be honest. In one way or another, we're all teaching. How many of you have kids? Yeah, kids, you know, your kids, you're teaching, right? You're teaching with your kids. How many of you know your kids are listening? How many of you have heard your kids say something and you're like, where did that come from? It's like, uh... Came from you, Dad. Came from you, Mom, right? Because our kids are listening. They're listening. We're teaching. Some of you, you're teaching students, right? Some of you, you're teaching, you're leading in the workforce. Maybe it's in your business or in your company, you're a team lead, or you're a supervisor, you're in management of some sorts. But we're all teaching, we're all communicating, we're all speaking in one way or another. The question is not if we're speaking, the question is what are we communicating? What are we speaking? God cares deeply about the words that we're speaking. This is what it says, Matthew chapter 12. Jesus uh, says it like this, I tell you on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you'll be justified and by your words you'll be condemned. For every careless word. Here, here's... Well, I just kind of want to, from the outset, we frame this whole thing here this morning in, in this, is that 
I think if we're not careful, we can become very careless about something God cares a lot about. It's like dipping your hands down. Have you ever been to the beach and you, you grab some sand? And what always happens, you scoop a handful of sand. The majority of it's in your hand, but some of it will slip through your fingers. And that's kind of like a picture of sometimes our communication and our speech is like, oh, it's just a few words. It's just, you know, it doesn't seem that insignificant. I, I, sh- I shouldn't have said that yeah, but let's just move on. Let's just move past it. And it doesn't seem like that significant. But I, I want you to know here today that God cares. He cares about what we're saying. The second point that, that he says in verse 2 is that we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body, meaning this, that you're not going to be perfect. I don't want you to leave here today feeling condemnation. Um, nobody's perfect. We've all said things that, you know, we wish we didn't. We've all said things that, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that. And you're, you're, you and I are not going to be perfect. And James says that. And so both of these things are, are true, that God cares and we should care because he cares. And we're not going to be perfect with our words, right? It's, it's, not, it's not perfection. We all stumble in many ways. He says, uh, you know, he'd also able, uh, also able also to bridle his whole body. And so here, here's the key. And from a culture standpoint, we live in a world that's doing a lot of speaking apart from Holy Spirit empowered wisdom. So our world right now, A lot of people got a lot to say about a lot of things. Lots of opinions, lots of talking, lots of conversations, lots of words being spoken. But if words are spoken apart from Holy Spirit imparted godly wisdom, then the picture we get is really what the world looks like in a lot of ways today. And so that's that's the picture of what what we're saying. So we're not going to be perfect at this. But when it comes to our words, God cares deeply about something a lot of people are careless with. The second thing um, I want to talk about is this, is that words are powerful. So let's continue on in verse 3. It says this, If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. Wow, strong language. Uh, So he starts by... He talks about, he gives these different examples, and all these examples are really communicating the same thing. Something very small can control something pretty large. So he starts by talking about a bit in a horse's mouth. How many of you have ever seen someone get bucked off by a horse? How many of you have been bucked off by a horse? That's that's crazy. Oh, well, looky there. I remember my cousins, we'd always, I, I remember growing up, we would get on horses. My parents didn't even know. I would climb on top of the trampoline and hop on the back of horse. I mean, this is crazy. I'm thinking about my daughter, and I'm like, there's no way. My eight-year-old, you would go climb on a horse. But we did, and we'd go ride. I remember watching one of my, our friends get bucked off a horse. He broke his collarbone, and it was a, it was a rough situation. But 
Sam, go ahead and put this picture up here. Now, now here's, this is a picture of an untamed horse. And in the same way, in a similar way, it's a picture of a wild tongue. This is a picture of an untamed, unbridled, wild horse. And, and if, if we're not careful, and if we have a wild tongue, our conversations can look like this. Our communication can look like this. There are people that in life, have you ever met somebody and you're like, I got to walk on eggshells? Because if I don't walk on, if I say the wrong, if I say the wrong thing, it's just, woo, it's going to be a bucking bronco. We're going to be in for a ride, right? And so we, so, so here's the picture. The picture is this, is it's a, it's a small bit he talks about. James 1, 19 through 20 says this, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Notice the pattern there. Quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. This is one of the most practical takeaways we can take today when it comes about our tongue. When it comes to the topic of taming the tongue that God cares deeply about. So what are some things we can actually do? Listen quickly and be slow to respond. What a lot of people do is react. It's like we literally will train ourselves when someone does me wrong, it's a reaction. And it's like a bucking bronco, right? That conversation is going to, that's what it's going to look like. As soon as, as somebody says something that just eh, kind of offended me, it's like time to fight, right? And it, it ought not to be that way. It ought not to be that way. We're quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. The Bible also says, says in Proverbs that a soft answer turns away wrath. It's a soft answer. It's not always this abrupt harshness. And some people are like, well, I just call it like it is. I just kind of, I'm, I'm the kind of person, I just say what I think. And I, you know, I just kind of, if it's on, I'm just, I'm going to say it. Right? I'm the kind of person just, I call it like it is. If you can't handle it, you can't handle it. What I would, I would tell you today is, be quick to hear, quick to listen, and slow to speak. Quick to listen. We have a world that's quick to speak and slow to listen. That's, that's, that's what the world does. As the church, we're not called to live that way. That's why our conversations in the world ought to be refreshing conversations. They ought to bring life. They ought to bring hope. They, they ought to be a refreshing when we talk to people who need to, who need to know Jesus. It ought to be refreshing when we talk to our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. There ought to be a difference in our communication. He goes on, he talks about a large ship guided by a very small rudder. It's the same, same idea. A relatively small rudder has the ability to steer and to guide a large ship. Do you know we can steer things with our tongues? Conversations, we can, we can turn a conversation into a discouraging conversation with someone. We can really bring discouragement. We can, you know, uh, negativity, being known for just, I'm, I'm just negative, negative talk. It's always negative. It's always negative talk. Manipulating with the tongue, 
How many of you have seen that before? Manipulation through our speech, through our communication. Controlling emotions. Kind of toying with people's emotions with our words as we talk and we have conversation. Gossip. Slander. These are all things that if we're not careful, we can create, we can cause, we can steer with the words that we're speaking, with our communication, with our reaction, with our responses. And then lastly, he, he equates it to, it's like our tongues are like uh, being like a forest fire. H- have you seen any of the images of the wildfires going on right now in Hawaii? Just absolutely devastating to see what has happened there. Uh, some of you, you're, you're, maybe you moved from a location where this was a little more common than, than around here. Um, but we've seen them here as well. I remember the, the wildfires not too long ago that we had in, yeah, here in Bastrop. That's right. And, and, and what, what starts a wildfire? What he says, it's just one spark. It's like just a spark. And then hundreds of thousands of acres are gone. And he equates that wildfire to a wild tongue. Proverbs 26, 20 through 21, this is what it says. It says, For lack of wood, the fire goes out. And where there is no whisper, quarreling seizes. As charcoal to hot embers and wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome man for kindling strife. What he's saying there is this, is that it's like, in our conversations, we might not even be the spark but we might be the wood the spark is looking for. And, and so what, what is wood on a fire? It's the attentive ear to say, I'm going to participate in the whispers. A lot of people like to participate in gossip and slander. And, and we don't necessarily realize it when it's happening. Um, sometimes I've seen it in the church world, right? It'll start with, Look, look, have you, you know, seen what's going on here? We need to be praying for sister so-and-so, right? Is it, we need to pray. Did you see what her kids were doing? Oh my gosh, yeah, we need to be, we need to be lifting them up in prayer. Yeah, this is, and, and, and this is like how that starts. It's, it's like this, this, and, and what happens is it's like wood on a fire. It's like we keep feeding it. We keep feeding it. It's like pouring kerosene or gasoline on, on a fire, and here's the truth, and the fact of the matter is this, is that church, our world is already on fire. Our, our world is already on fire. The church ought to be set apart and look different. We ought to look different. We're not called to go throw gasoline on the fire, the wildfire that's already going on out there. So, so this is what we need. We need less Christians with matches and more Christians with water buckets. We need less Christians that are professional arsonists and more, more Christians that are firefighters. We don't need to be throwing fuel on the fire in conversations. And notice that in gossip, it's not just in the speaking, but it's in the giving ear to, oh, really? Interesting. Would you keep telling me about that? I'm not going to comment, but I'm going to listen. And I'm going to, hmm, interesting. Okay. That's, that's the wood on the fire. I, listen, I told you this was going to be a little bit, this is going to, it gets up in our conversations, right? It's getting up in our real life. But this is, 
This is the word of God. Church, we are called to a higher standard than the world. We are called to a higher standard. Less matches, more water buckets. We're called to bring hope to a lost world who needs to know Jesus. Right? And, and we don't do that by striking a match and tossing it in conversations. We don't do that by... That, that can happen not only in the world. I want you to know this. That can happen in the middle of a church. It happens all the time. It's like, okay, this is where, this is where you know, church, church, things are happening. Things are growing. People are, all this. And then strike and then toss it in. And then it, it searches. It's like contagious. It's like it's looking for wood to burn, right? And it ought not to be that way, church. Not in the house of the Lord. We ought to bring refreshing water, the living water, to people who need it. The last thing I want to talk about here this morning, I'm going to continue on in verse 7. The last point that I would say here today is this, is that you can't tame your tongue, but God can. You can't do it yourself. But with the power, the ministry work of the Holy Spirit working on your life, He can transform your tongue. Verse 7 says, For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. Every, Every beast, every bird, reptile, sea creature can be tamed. Maybe not your dog at home. Maybe... But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. And from the same mouth come blessing and cursing. It's like, praise God, hallelujah on Sunday. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And then we we turn and we get in the car and we drive home and it's just cursing. It's like the same mouth, blessing and cursing from one to the other. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Listen to what he says in verse 11. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. What's he saying there? Is is, can a freshwater spring produce salt water or can a saltwater spring produce fresh water? No, Right? If, if you are in a, you're, you're in an orchard with oranges, orange trees everywhere, you might really want an apple, but no matter how bad you want an apple, that orange tree will only produce an orange. It's not going to produce the apple, right? In the same way, here's the picture here is what's coming out on the outside, what's coming out of our mouths is just an indication of what's happening right here in our hearts. So this is where we go deeper. It's not just about, mm, 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 stop, don't say it. It's deeper. Before you're going to fix a problem, any kind of problem, you've got to diagnose the root of the problem. You've got to get down to what's the issue. So that we can actually fix this, we've got to get down to the issue of the problem. And what, what, what James is saying here is it's not just a matter of the mouth, it's a matter of the heart. When bitterness is coming out, that's an indication of bitterness right here. When jealousy is coming out, it's jealousy. Anger coming out, it's an indication of, of anger. 
This is what Jesus said. He said it like this, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when we ask ourselves, what am I speaking? And we feel a little conviction about it. We're like, "Ah, I shouldn't be talking like that. I shouldn't have that kind of language. I shouldn't be having those kinds of conversations. I shouldn't be thinking that way through these conversations. That is an indication of something in here that's going on. What has taken root in here? And that's where we have to ask ourselves this question. What should our words look like? It should look like the fruit of the Spirit. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Ooh, self-control. Ooh. It's like I wanted to say that, but I didn't. That's self-control. And that's, that's what it should look like. The fruit of the Spirit. So we ask ourselves this morning, and again, None of us are perfect. I want you to know that this morning. I'm saying that our language is going to be perfect. None of us are perfect. We've all fallen short. We've all made mistakes. But God cares. He cares about our words. He cares about what we're saying. So if the fruit of the Spirit is not what's coming out primarily in my life, then what do we need to do? We need to invite the Holy Spirit in here to change us from the inside out. We have to avoid, you know, the excuses. Well, this is just, you know, I call it like it is. I tell it like it is. This is just who I am. No, that's who you are before you invite the Holy Spirit to change who you are. We invite the Holy Spirit. See, you can't do it yourself. You can't just will it yourself. You have to ask, Lord, I need you to help me in this area. Uh, some of the things that I've said, some of the things that I've, you know, conversations, some of the words I've spoken, some of the friendships, some of the big fights I've had, all of these sorts of things. Lord, it's an indication of something going on in here. This is what's going on. Lord, I ask that you would change it. Holy Spirit, change me from the inside out. Soften my heart, Lord. That's the prayer some of us need to pray here today. Just soften my heart, God. And what can happen is in life, some people... You're in here today and it's like, why, why do I have this, why do I have this recurring issue with, with what I'm speaking, what I'm talking? Some of it is you, through your life, you've dealt with so much. So many things have gone on. So, so many things, you just, you're like, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired, you know? And, what, and maybe some of you, it's like, I've been betrayed by too many people. And those betrayals and those conversations and those situations and moments caused you to kind of put some walls up. And we have these these, these walls built around us. So anytime anything tries to kind of look over that wall, we're like, no, right? And we, we, we react to it. Some of you are in here today and maybe you're just, you love Jesus, you love the Lord, but you're angry with God. Maybe you're angry with some things that you feel like, God, you could have done this and you didn't, right? Here's what I would tell you here this morning for for all of us. This is for all of us. Is that God is a great protector. He's a great shield. Some of those walls you've put up in your life to, got to build this fortress, keep my distance from people. Our Lord is a great shield. He's a great protector. And I I would invite you here this morning 
to just pray this prayer, to just say, Holy Spirit, soften my heart. Lord, Lord, meet me here right now. This is what's going on. I don't like how I'm talking to my kids. I don't like that I just, they do something, I just, ah, I just overreact. There's a pattern there. See, that's a pattern. It's like I did it once, I did it again, and we create these patterns in our lives. Right? Maybe it's just with, with our friends or with our family. We create these patterns. I want you to know this, and this is where I'm going to close here today, is this. I want to give you some encouragement here, church. Because out there, it just looks like a wildfire. It's just everybody's talking. Everybody's spewing. Chaos. Confusion. Delusion. Right? The Bible talks about the days of delusion. It's our world. As it continues to look like a wildfire out there, I want you to know this. To quote Jesus, you can be a good tree that bears good fruit. Your family can be a good tree that bears good fruit. In the midst of all the chaos, in the midst of all the fires, in the midst of all the storms, whatever's going on, as for you and your house, you can serve the Lord. You can stand on the rock. You can stand on the word of God. You can build your families on that solid foundation of the word of God. And you can be a good tree that bears good fruit. And it's, it's in that where we're going to bring hope and life to a lost world that needs to know Jesus. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you today, Lord. I thank you for your church. God, I, I, I just ask right now, Lord, that you would, whatever it is, Lord, whatever, whatever it is in us, Father, that's taken root in our hearts, we, we give it to you here this morning. And right now, I believe there's just people right now who are saying, I give it to you, Father. I lay it at your feet here today, Jesus. I ask the Holy Spirit, I invite you in, Holy Spirit, that you would renew me, God. You would renew my tongue. That, that your words would be my words, God. We give you our mouths. We thank you this morning for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. To stay connected, visit us online at velocityburnham.org and follow us on Instagram. And if you're ever in the Burnham area, we'd love to have you visit us on a weekend. Thanks again, and we hope to see you soon.